0: The one. <laughs> <laughs> we
1: the ones they talking about. Yeah. 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 It's, it's yeah. They talk
0: Broadway about. Sports Media. Choose
1: your fighter. The Justin and Justin, Titans podcast show. I'm not a cocky person. I'm just passionate. Final round. Uh, yeah, I'm looking for a new podcast partner immediately. Quarantine and chill. We all we got. Yes, hey, sorry, Titans on right? three. One, two, three. Titans! Titans!
0: welcome in to the music city audible thanksgiving edition you're listening to this on the morning after thanksgiving i hope but we are recording this on thanksgiving of course it's not really thanksgiving for you justin mellow as you're up there in canada do you guys you don't celebrate thanksgiving right
1: no (laughs) we're just ours was several weeks ago as usual we're ahead of you guys in most things we do. You know, I celebrated Thanksgiving several weeks ago, but happy Thanksgiving to all my weird American friends. I like your weird traditions. I love that there's football on all day today or most of the day. Thanks Baltimore. And I will be all watching right. those first two games and I'm excited about it
0: yeah so we're very excited this is the music city audible presented by broadway sports media partnered with 440 sports be sure to check out www.broadwaysportsmedia.com for all of our articles picks videos podcasts all the stuff we're on all day every day working on stuff for broadway And today we are previewing the Titans-Colts rematch. This game is essentially going to be for the division. I mean, it's only week 12, so there's plenty of time for either team to, you know, blow it down the stretch. But I have to think whoever wins this game is going to come out as the eventual
1: division champion. Do you agree? I agree, yeah. I think this is a huge game, and the winner of this game uh, uh, more than likely wins the division, right? There's there's no way we could oversee this game it's, it's so important right so let's talk about
0: some key elements here are you worried about any of the guys there's no practice report coming on thursday so they aren't the, the, everyone's off they gave everyone the day off but they are practicing friday so we'll get a final injury report but on the latest one we have it looks like A.J. Brown, Dennis Kelly, and Adoree Jackson all didn't practice. That's pretty normal, but is Adoree Jackson returning? We, we have the same conversation, it feels like, every single week. Is Adoree Jackson going to return? He hasn't practiced. I feel like this is not the week. Am I wrong?
1: No, I think you're right. I can't imagine um, any in, in any scenario that Adoree Jackson plays this weekend. I know that's kind of silly to say that, but uh, he didn't practice on Wednesday. To me, there's again, Wednesday's not the end-all be-all, but uh, to, to me, there's no indication whatsoever that Adoree Jackson is coming back for this game. I have to agree, and
0: it's okay. I mean... It sucks, obviously, but Breon Borders has actually played pretty dang well since coming in. He had a nice game against the Ravens. He did allow one catch on a third down where he kind of got turned around on a little pivot route, but that was like the only play I thought he even got beat on. So I'm impressed with what they found in this little, in this guy who's, he's not like, I don't know if people know anything about Breon Borders, he's not like an undrafted guy they brought in this year out of college. Like he's a journeyman guy, he's bounced around the league a few teams for a few years, so
1: cool to see him getting a shot and actually playing well he's playing incredibly well like you really can't overstate uh how well borders is playing i think on on in the last game i think he allowed two catches on six targets i went for very minimal minimal gains for the most part so shout out to breon borders this has been you know he's been terrific and honestly especially in a game like this one against the colts where let's be honest you know the receivers aren't likely to dominate Titans defensive backs. Phillip Rivers might throw for all yards like he did in the last game, but you worry more about the underneath stuff, and that's more uh, taking advantage of the Titans' scheme on defense than it is the corners are flat out getting beat uh, by the dominant Cole So I have no concern, truthfully, about uh, Breon Borders in this game. I think it makes a lot of sense um, you know, to hold out Dory another week. He's clearly not, not ready. Uh, get him ready for some of the upcoming matchups where they're going to be some better receivers. I think Brion Borders can more than handle himself against what's what's overall a pretty weak receiving core for the Colts
0: right and you talk about those passes underneath obviously Naheem Hines had himself a day the last time these two teams met just a couple weeks ago but Jayon Brown it's so unfortunate to see him leave the game and he's they say he's done for the season now according I think it was Ian Rappaport had it done for the season with the dislocated and fractured arm on a dirty play which just sucks for Jayon for the Titans and. We'll see if, how they respond. Will Compton came in and played pretty good snaps in relief uh, when Jayon had to leave that game. But is, is that going to be the plan moving forward? David Long is still on the COVID list. So I am a little bit worried that the Colts could kind of repeat their offensive strategy in this game and find success because the Titans are a little more depleted than they were last time. You know, Clowney was on the field last time the Colts played the Titans. Obviously, Jayon Brown was on the field. There are a lot of guys that, I mean, we'll talk about the offense in a second, but This is going to be another tough matchup for the Titans, like like they always are with the Indianapolis.
1: Yeah, this is going to be tough. Obviously, the injury to Jayon Brown is is pretty catastrophic. And I've been hard on him this year, and a lot of us Titans fans have been, because his play has been a little up and down throughout the year. You know, he started the season really poorly. I thought, I believe it was the first three games especially, where he he did not play well at all. But he kind of started to pick it up from there. He had some really good games as of late. Uh, and, And look, even if the guy's not playing terrifically, it does say something about, you know, he's the guy who, you know, the headset. He communicates with the coaches on the field. He receives the calls. He makes the checks. I and mean, he played 97% of the defensive snaps going into that Ravens game. I mean, that tells you how important he is to this defense. 97% is an astounding number. Cool, this game is, right? Especially on the defensive side of the ball. So, losing him is catastrophic. Um, With that said, Will Compton came in and played really well, right? Shout out to Will Compton. I know, you know, obviously is a fan favorite in in the city of Nashville in the state of Tennessee, but uh, is, is a limited athlete. We all know it. He's been a journeyman NFL player. But he was terrific. He really was terrific, and I'm expecting that he's gonna he's going to uh, be the guy that may replaces Brown. Now, I would like to envision some sort of um, you know seeing him him and David Long, who is still on the COVID list, by the way, but should be coming off the list before this game. I would anticipate that you know the two of them would split snaps going forward, or I would like to anticipate. That the two of them would split snaps going forward. I think they give you different things. David Long is obviously a bit more of an instinctual player. Is certainly a better athlete than Comp is. So I'd like, kind of, like to see that. But I have a weird feeling that it's going to be Compton getting about eighty to eighty-five percent of the snaps.
0: I bet Compton wears the green dot. I mean, he wore it when he came in for Jay for Jayon in this game, and you can tell. I mean, if there's one. He said he, he called him a limited athlete, which is true. But the the reason that Compton's able to excel in the league is that he studies and he's a smart player. He's instinctive and he can read things and diagnose things quickly because of his intense film study. So I definitely think he's the guy that's going to be calling the signals. He basically takes over as the middle line, the the signal calling middle linebacker. Which, by the way, he did that for Oakland for most of last season when they were still Oakland. So. I don't think that he's necessarily out of his element there. He did it for Washington for a long time too. I know he's he is a journeyman reserve guy, but he's had his chances to like be a starter. He has a lot of experience in that role.
1: Yeah, he's, he's certainly a smart player, right? There's no there's no doubt about it that he's an intelligent Player, He understands defense at a high level. He's obviously incredibly familiar with this defense, which I think is the reason they brought him back in the first place, right? They were, you know, with the whole COVID situation going on, you were looking for back-end roster players that know the system, right? A lot easier uh, than teaching someone, um, you know, a defense in this strange offseason that we had. So that's why he's in the first place. And now they're going to have to lean on him. And again, if he can keep up the level of play that we saw from him in Baltimore, where again, he really was terrific. And let's be honest, that Baltimore matchup, you wouldn't think that maybe it represents the worst kind of matchup for him. Right. If, if, if Will Compton, where are where are his limitations? Right. Typically speaking, it's when you require him to lean on his athleticism. Now, defending on a quarterback, defending against a quarterback like Lamar Jackson requires you to often lean on your athleticism. And he was terrific in that game. So hopefully he can keep that up. We know what Philip Rivers is. He, he's not a big deep ball thrower at this stage in his career. He's going to look to nickel and dime the Titans up and down the field. And that's where he's been weak throughout the year. And that's where they, they were sort of weak in the last game against the Colts, right? It's not like they got a lot of explosive plays. And if they did, they were five-yard passes, right? That turned into 25-yard gains, so to speak. So uh, Compton's going to have to be good in this one, and he's going to need to be good the rest of the season.
0: Another injury, another guy lost for the year in this game was Ty Sambrello, who obviously was playing for an injured Taylor Lewan so the Titans will move to the depth of the depth at tackle at left tackle one of the key positions it's been a, it's been a rough year for left tackles across the NFL Ronnie Stanley, Andrew Whitworth, Tyron Smith in Dallas like what's going on with stud left tackles getting
1: hurt left and right it's crazy it has been crazy it's been it's been a very strange year for left tackles now with the injury to Tyson Brillo obviously you know Best wishes to him and hope he recovers nicely Um, in terms of level of play. He was terrible in this game specifically. I, you know, throughout the year uh, since he started, I was pretty, pretty lenient on him. I thought he was, you know, maybe just below average to average, which I thought you could get by with, especially on this O-line. You've got Roger Saffold next to him and Ben Jones and that right side had been playing so well uh, with Dennis Kelly and Nate Davis. Uh, I thought you could sort of get by with that. So Um, but, but in this game, I thought it was the worst game of the year against Baltimore. I mean, there was one point in the game where he was just getting destroyed by, uh, Yannick Ngakwe. It felt like on a snap by snap basis that Ngakwe was getting to Tannehill really quickly. Right. And he was hitting them and causing pressure and you could tell it impacted Tannehill. Tannehill didn't trust that left side. He didn't trust the protection. He was getting the ball out quicker than he would like to. It was affect his accuracy. Now, look, some of that is on Ryan Tannehill. He's a big boy. He's got to deal with the circumstances in front of him. But at the end of the day, he was really struggling uh, with, with having Ty Sombrello getting beat like drum on that left side. So David Christianberry yeah. comes into the game. Sorry.
0: I was going to say, so who replaces Sambrello? I mean, obviously, Quistenberry, like you just were about to get into, came in this game. Do you think he's going to stay the left tackle going forward?
1: Yeah, I think it's a, it's 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 no doubt about it that he's going to uh, stay the left tackle going forward. Look, uh, if you follow uh, Mike on, on Twitter, which I'm sure a lot of people do, um, he 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 had a great spotlight of how well and uh, Berry actually played in this game. It was only 18 snaps, but he was involved in a lot of those big run plays late, and he was involved in some great pass protection plays. So he came in and played really. Well, call me crazy, but part of this is due to how poorly uh, Sombrelo played in this game. And he was pretty bad in the game before it as well. seems like he's been getting worse and worse um, as the games have gone on, in my opinion. There is a chance that David Quisenberry is going to be better. At left tackle for this team than Tyson Brelo has been, so uh, I don't I don't imagine by any stretch of the imagination that this injury to Brailo is going to be a disaster for the Titans. The Taylor Lewan injury was a disaster. The Jayon Brown injury is a disaster. Javion uh, Clown, Dory Jackson, Brett Kern, these guys who are still out right now, at least we know they're coming back but those are disasters. Uh the injury to Tyson Braylo is not a disaster and I think there's a pretty good chance that the Titans get better.
0: <laughs> yeah, so that's the silver lining I guess if you look like at things from that standpoint. You mentioned a lot of guys that are coming back. The Titans have designated rookie corner Christian Fulton to come back along with Brett Kern and a couple other guys. <laughs> Who else?
1: Uh, Ty Smith Just the three of them. Uh, D- oh, sorry. Darrington and Evans was a while ago last right?
0: week. Yeah. Last week, Darrington Evans,
1: Ty Smith. You're right. And Evans was last week. Yeah. Then on, on. sorry. Yeah. On the same day this week, it was Kern, Ty Smith and Christian Fulton. Right. So let's talk
0: about the impact of those guys. None of them have come back yet. And you had the report again on Trevor Daniel back on the team. Do you think Trevor Daniel is the punter against Indianapolis Sunday?
1: That's tough. Um, I, great chance, but correct me if I'm wrong, I think Curtin practiced yesterday. He may have. I think
0: all three guys, actually. Yes, everyone who was uh, designated to return practiced. They aren't listed on the injury right. report because they're not on the active roster yet. So that, yeah, that is a good sign. The thing is, we don't know right. if it's a limited practice or a full practice because they don't have to put them on the injury right, report. Yeah.
1: Right. There were no more details really than then um, they practiced but you would think it's a decent sign for current availability but let's be honest at this point it's it's 5050 um, as I as I have Reported Trevor Daniels added back to the practice squad. Um, obviously, he's the only other punter they have. They released Ryan Allen from the practice squad a few days ago. So if Burn can't go, it's going to be Trevor Daniel. And and I must admit, I was really looking forward to my mentions uh, when I broke the news about Daniel being back on the practice squad. I knew Titans fans were going to have a field day with that. And would it be something, one who gets to punt against the Colts again after what happened to him a few weeks ago? But, but hey, at this point, I'd say it's at least a 55th chance that he's the guy. And
0: he had a nice punt against Baltimore. A nice punt. That's all I'll say. He had a nice punt. He also had a 40-yard punt that could have been better. Whatever.
1: right yeah the 40 yard punt was definitely not good enough and, and and cue the reactions on social media they were running wild then he off i believe it was a 52 yard punt uh which was a heck of a punt so it, it was nice to see that sometimes we we'll forget these guys are human beings i imagine he was struggling with um you know i don't know if he's on you know how much he's on social media or not but hopefully he's not on there but it was nice to see him get off a good punt.
0: yeah no doubt Let's move to the other side of the ball. The Colts are dealing with some COVID issues. Nothing like what Baltimore is going through right now, which really makes you look back on how the league and the media and everybody treated the Titans during their outbreak and kind of just, like, roll your eyes and shake your head at, at the, the insane overreactions. Because it seems like what ha- what's happening in Baltimore right now is worse than anything that happened in Nashville. And almost it was, like, more of a direct violation of protocols there by a a staff member. So luckily no Titans have tested positive since, you know, playing Baltimore last Sunday that we know of anyway. So hopefully that continues. Any thoughts? Sorry, I don't want to just move past that. Any thoughts on this crazy Baltimore situation?
1: Yeah, I I, I don't have too many thoughts on it. I will say it's disappointing that uh, it seems like the Alba may be the result of a coach I believe a strength yeah. and conditioning coach failing to report symptoms to me. Look, players are players. A lot of them are 24, 25 years old and sometimes not the most mature, so to speak. Um, you certainly th- would hope you can count on your coaching staff, guys who are in their forties and have been around the game. You can count on them to follow protocols where players aren't maybe sometimes taking it seriously. That's just the way of the game uh, to hear the coach, uh, is probably at at the result of this outbreak and didn't properly report symptoms is is very disappointing. And I'll be very surprised if the NFL doesn't discipline them for it. Yeah, I expect to see a pretty
0: harsh punishment handed down, to be honest, once you I mean, Baltimore isn't like saying, no, we didn't break the rule. They disciplined him themselves. So obviously, I think the league will come down. But anyway, <clears throat> excuse me, over to the Colts COVID issues, Danico Autry and DeForest Buckner. Probably the two strongest players. I mean, Buckner for sure, on the Colts' front four. Both guys are currently on the COVID list. Autry had to miss their game last week against the Packers. Buckner, the news broke that Buckner was going on the list on Tuesday afternoon. So, depending on when he actually went on the list, he could be forced to miss Sunday's game. We won't really know until Saturday, Sunday when, like, these guys go get their tests again they could end up testing negative and be okay to play but they could miss the game it would be huge it would be so helpful for the titans offensive line who was banged up if they could avoid playing autry and buckner again do you think i i mean i kind of just the pessimist in me thinks both guys end up playing this weekend but what do you think
1: (laughs) yeah i'm a pessimist as well so i'm inclined to agree with you but zach um, you know, from the efforts pod has been yeah. all over this COVID stuff. And and I had this discussion with him yesterday and he seems to think that it would be unlikely um, that Buckner can play at this point. Autry, it seems like has been on there a little while longer. So I think that's a little more up in the air, but it seems like Buckner going on the list this late, um, there, there seem to be a pretty good chance that he does not play in this game. So that would obviously be a huge break for this Titans offense and, and Derek Henry in this rushing attack specifically. And it would almost level the play a little bit, right? With, with, with your third, left tackle, you wouldn't hate it uh, to see one of their uh, stud D linemen out. And Buckner is, you know, the best. You know what? I'm going to go on, Buckner's the best player on this team, period. I was going to say the best member of the D line, but I don't think they have a better football player, period, than the Forrest Buckner. So, I mean, maybe Quentin Nelson, potentially. That's got to be 1-1-B, one, one in my opinion. Buckner is that good. So it would be huge for this Titans offense if Buckner has to miss this game.
0: And if we want to do the math ourselves, just so that everyone's in on the loop, basically... Buckner was designated as a close contact of someone with COVID, which means that if he tests negative five days in a row, on the sixth negative day, he can return. So it all depends on what day one is counted as. If day one is Tuesday of this week, that would be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday is day five. If he tests negative Sunday morning, he's good to go. But if Wednesday is day one... Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, he would not be eligible to play in Sunday's game. So again, we have no idea. We don't know what day one, heck, Monday could have been day one. So we don't really know yet. We'll have to stay tuned to the news breaks that come out of Indy to find out if he's playing. The Titans are gonna plan, I don't think the game plan is gonna change regardless. So let's talk about that game plan because last time these two teams played, the Titans were able to move the ball Right down, march right down the field and score an opening drive touchdown. And it looked like, holy crap, this is that vaunted Colts defense? They really haven't played anybody yet. And then obviously things fell apart from there. The second half was a complete disaster. The Titans were shut out in the second half. How different do you see this game plan? I feel like they have to kind of stick to what they do best, which is what they did on that opening drive the last time they played.
1: The odd thing, and Dean Pease talked about this on the radio the other day. He said, look, when you're team twice in three weeks, there really isn't much time to change the game plan. Take that as you will. Is that concerning for the Titans that they'll probably be entering the same game plan? Also, they'll be entering this game with the same game plan that they had last time? For me, it's not, and I'll tell you why. Uh, It's maybe going to sound cliche, but I don't think the Titans had some terrible game plan for the first game. It comes down to execution. You get a blocked punt with a turn for a touchdown, that's not part of the game plan. You get off <laughs> a 17-yard whatever it was, that's not part of the game plan. So it comes down to execution. If the Titans can execute better, uh, and mainly on special teams, and yes, the defense was, was a disaster, and the offense was shut out as well. But again, you had the naked bootleg on a third down where, where uh, Tannehill gets sacked. And I think it, it led to one of the block uh, issues. I don't remember if it was the shank or, or, or the one of the punt issues. Sorry, I don't know if it was the shank or the block. But if that, you know, the bootleg is executed better or you, or Art Smith calls a different play in that scenario. On the third down previously, he had, I believe, there was on third down and he missed them and punt issue that they had. So to me, it really comes down to execution. I, I wouldn't be concerned about the game plan in this one. And you know what? I'm a firm believer that it's really difficult to beat a team twice in such a short amount of time, especially three weeks. And the Titans, you know, that to the fact that the Titans got dominated in this game, at least the scoreboard indicated, you know, it's 34 to 17, I believe it was. The Titans better be pissed off during this game, right? It had how embarrassed they were at home on national television. So I'm predicting that the Titans, you know, uh, deliver a punch back and win this game. I agree with you, and I think
0: that the advantage in the situation, it sucked, it sucked to watch them lose in such disastrous fashion during that game, but it gives them an advantage in this matchup because it's almost like, like you said, with the short turnaround time, it's almost like halftime right now, and the two teams are going out and making their halftime adjustments. And I'm a firm believer that it's it's always easier to make halftime adjustments when you're losing than when you're winning. So if you look at it as the Colts look at back at their game plan, I mean, you said it wasn't really game plan really, but the Colts just kind of look back on the game. They're like, yeah, we we did everything we were supposed to do. Everything we thought would work, worked. So let's roll it again. Whereas the Titans have the ability to say, All right, how do we not let Naheem Hines dominate us again, or whatever it is, like, this is the guy we have to watch, you know, like, whatever, you don't have a lot of time to make a halftime adjustment, right, and you don't have a lot of time to change your game plan in two weeks, so, that's why it feels like this matchup's gonna favor the Titans, the revenge factor, like you said, you know, that... Sometimes gets overplayed, but it's huge in this game because if the Titans drop this one, their chances of winning the division, they they can't overcome a tie with the Colts. They'd have to finish a game ahead of the Colts, which would require a massive collapse by Indianapolis down the course of the season. So the Titans need this game, in my opinion, more than Indy does. Does that sway it enough? It might. I think it could.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. They're obviously going to be in a real hard place to win the division if they don't win this game. You'll have lost both games to the Colts. Uh, your AFC, You know, the tiebreaker there is lost. Your, your AFC South record is probably not going to be as good as theirs, considering you lost both games to them. So, um, again, then there's there's lots of football left after this. It's not impossible that the Titans win two more games, let's say, the rest of the year than the Colts do. And that would yeah, currently that if they lose that this game, that would be enough right to have them win the division technically speaking so not all is lost if you lose this game but certainly of course your chances of winning the division uh take a huge huge blow if they lose this one
0: let's talk about some predictions because i feel like the titans i don't know why maybe it was watching green bay go up and down the field i mean green bay's offense is very similar schematically to what tennessee runs they had a chance to win that game. I don't know what Indianapolis. Did you watch the Packers Colts game last week? Because Indianapolis, yeah, in the final like two or three minutes, that game should have never gone to overtime. The final two or three minutes of that game, Indy's throwing the ball around the yard with a lead, and I, I looked over my dad. I was like, does Indy know they're lose? They're winning right now. They're playing like they're losing. What's going on? And then a million holding penalties in a row. I mean, that was a really weird, insane game. But my point is the Packers' offense was pretty effective, pretty good against that Colts defense. And that is the same type of attack the Titans are going to run. Like I said already, their first drive worked so well. I mean, the first half, they put up some points. I just think this offense is going to roll against Indy on on Sunday. Am I crazy?
1: I don't know about – I think it's possible. I think the offense will look um, quite a bit better. There's no doubt about it, in my opinion. And underrated thing that we haven't really discussed, and I I don't know um, how much – you know. how much Titans fans noticed this on past Sunday, but I thought the offense looked pretty good against Baltimore. I felt like they were they kinda got into a rhythm of things and maybe have gone things back on track. It, it, at least it, it sort of feels that way. It's obviously too small of a sample size being one game, but I thought they a lot better Baltimore than they've been the last couple of games. So then they keep that going, can they keep the offense rolling in this game? And and if they can, then I think the chance that they're gonna win it.
0: It's the last game before Henber, So Derrick Henry is probably going to oh. just be at least ramping up for D. Henber. Any? Do you want to give a score prediction? I feel like the Titans get in the 30s and the Colts don't. So I'm going to go with 34-28 Titans win a big division game.
1: I will go 27-24 Titans.
0: Nice. So we both have the Titans getting a dub. That's good news. I'm thankful for that we're going to do a thankful thing because it's thanksgiving you're listening to this after thanksgiving you know what everyone's probably thanksgiving doubt you think everyone's thanksgiving doubt are you thankful what are you thankful for
1: i think everyone is and i'm thankful for you justin Raver.
0: oh well, i'm thankful for you a little I'm sweet thankful.
1: moment on the mca pod <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm thankful for this podcast thankful for broadway sports and i'm really thankful for our listeners thank you for tuning in to the show That will wrap us up. Music City Audible Thanksgiving edition. Any final last thoughts you wanna say so that I don't kinda just cut you off before I end this thing?
1: Everyone enjoy your meals on Thanksgiving. Argue with the family at the table. Talk about turkey versus ham and whatever weird things you guys argue about. Uh, Enjoy football. I know it's gonna be difficult. I'm gonna be enjoying football today, I'll tell you why. I've got a really big fantasy football matchup this week. As three players playing today. So I will be watching both games, even though they're not great. I'll be watching both games. I'll be yelling at the television. Happy Thanksgiving, y'all. You
0: know? <laughs> yes. And fight about politics. Argue over who you voted for in the last election. I bet that will make for some great <laughs> Maybe, don't do that Maybe you don't do that. <laughs> All righty. Be sure to check out Broadway Sports Media, partnered with 440 Sports. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at BroadwayTN. Follow Justin at M underscore NFL. I am at Titans Film Room. We have a Black Friday sale going on on the website right now. 30% off if you sign up for a monthly membership. So check that out. Go subscribe to a new premium membership on Broadway Sports Media. Maybe get it as a gift for somebody, a little Black Friday gift. And that will do it for this episode of the Music City Audible. Go Titans. Stay tuned next week. We'll preview the game against the Browns. Till then, tighten up.
1: A Broadway Sports Media Production.